Well, uh, for the past three weeks at Rock Valley Bible Church, of course, most all of you know that we have been uh, looking at the issue of church membership. Uh, We've been uh, considering the topic because we're looking to transition our church from an informal church membership to a, a formal church membership, which simply means we just want to define our relationships. Uh, it's really about all that that means. We, we want to, rather than just people kind of coming and being confused, we just want to set out expectations of what it means to be a member of a church and what it means for leaders uh, to know who wants to be involved and included and um, just defining that in, in many ways. And we began three weeks ago looking at church membership in history, looking how it was was practiced in the history of the church. And, and we've seen that it's just practiced in many, many different ways. The the early church was so rapid in its growth that they really didn't have much form uh, or shape to things as so many people came into the church. And oftentimes, the people came into the church before leadership uh, was established in the church. And then after the apostles uh, passed away or were killed, actually, then in the post-apostolic church, there was a rigorous membership as there was persecution and the church sought to do all that it could do so as to make sure and just uh, as much as they could that those in the church were genuine believers. And then with the legalization of Christianity, when Christianity became the default religion, membership was relaxed. Those born in the empire were just assumed to be Christians. They're baptized as children, added to the church, and that continued for about a thousand years Um, until the time of the Reformation when Martin Luther came. And there really was emphasis again upon regenerate church membership. That is, the churches sought to accept only those who had believed in Jesus and were genuine believers into its membership. When it comes recently in church membership, like it's been all over the board. Some think membership's optional. Some think it's necessary. Some you become a member in two minutes by coming forward at the end of a service. And some it takes three months to become a member of of a church. So all that to say is there's been no consensus over the years about church membership from the practice because the Bible is silent to how it should be practiced. Whether informally or formally, there's freedom in those areas. Well, two weeks ago, we looked at church membership in the Bible. We saw membership's a biblical word. You just look at 1 Corinthians 12. It describes the church as members, uh, like a members of a body, um, that just as, as you have eyes and ears and nose and hands, and those are all members, so also people at church are, are members of the body. We also saw that church membership is for clarity, just defining a group of people. Uh, Jesus spoke about that. Uh, you might even say it this way, Jesus wants the, member of the ch- membership of the church to be clear. And uh, that's what we're seeking to do with membership. We're just seeking to provide some clarity. Who is in the church and who is not in the church? In fact, it, that's made evident when Jesus demonstrated, he talked about what to do when there's someone in the church who is, is going away and following after their sin and after they're, they're approached by one or by several or by the whole church and they still refuse, Jesus says, If he refuses to listen, even to the church, right, listening to the church body, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Uh, That is, right, be outside of you. Don't let him in. It should be clear who's outside and who's inside, because those in the church are his representatives of Jesus, rather. And church membership is also for care. Paul spoke with the elders of the church in Ephesus. He told them to pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That is, the Holy Spirit appoints leaders of the church over a group of people called the church to help care for them and lead them and support them and guide them. And church membership merely identifies 
the flock to which the leaders are called to, to shepherd. And there's also accountability. The Lord will hold leaders of a church accountable for how it is they've shepherded the, the church. Hebrews 13, 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. And that's one verse that terrifies in some regard any leader of a church, any elder of a church, that, that I will have to give an account to the Lord for those I've sought to shepherd. And, and we're just merely saying, is, are you one who I will have to give an account to the Lord with by saying that, yes, I want to fall under the leadership here? Well, that's church membership in the Bible. Last week, we looked at church membership in practice. And, and what does it mean? It's not like a political party, right? It's not like a country club where you kind of, you pay in and you get the benefits. No, it's not like that. Church membership is working out what it means to be a Christian, a member of the body of Christ, just like a, a hand manipulates things and an eye sees and an ear hears, so you're attuned to things and a stomach gives energy to the body and the lungs deliver oxygen, right? The church members just serve one another like a, a body would serve. And uh, it's demonstrated in the one another commands of the Bible. There are 50 such commands, right? To, to love one another, accept one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another, instruct one another, greet one another, confess our sins to one another, pray for each other, show hospitality to one another, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. And that's what church membership really is about. It's about practicing those one another's with a, a group of people. About a third of the, of the 50 commands of the one another's are commands to love. About a third of them are just love, love, love. A third of them also fall under the umbrella of unity. And then one of the key one another commands is found in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, which says this, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more so you see the day drawing near it speaks about the importance of regularly gathering together so that you can know people, and so that you can study people, and you can figure out how it is that I can stir you up to love and good works. And there's lots of different ways that that stirring up can, can happen. We talked about that last week. Well, I want to conclude our, our series on church membership this morning by looking at church membership at Rock Valley Bible Church. I'm going to try to be really practical describing what our church is, right, the history of our church, what our church stands for, what it is, and talking about practically what it means how to become a member of our church and how we're going to formally put this into practice. And my aim here is I want to urge every single one of you to say, yeah, I will be a, a formal member of Rock Valley Bible Church. That's my aim. And I know that for some of you, right, you might have questions about things. We're, we're not really, our heart, just know this, our heart is not to change things here at Rock Valley Bible Church other than just to define Rock Valley Bible Church. That's our heart. I don't think it's unbiblical. That's why we've looked at, at uh, the history of church membership. It's been done in lots of different ways, but our heart is just to put some, some structure to things. Well, I want to talk this morning about our history, just thinking about our church, and I want to take us down memory lane if you will. For some of you, this would be a long memory, like Tim Iverson, and for some of you, maybe a, a shorter memory. Um, but you can trace the heritage of our church back to 1984, when a church began in Warrenville, Illinois, called Grace Church of DuPage. This is about what the church like, looks like today, snow and all. Today is what it looks like in Warrenville. Uh, it's been going for, whatever, 1984, that's whatever, almost 40 years. And uh, that's when that began. And in 1993, this church planted a church in DeKalb called Kishwaukee Bible Church. And Yvonne and I were 
privilege to be part of that church plant. And that's uh, a picture of the, the building that we met in. It was an old building, and it was a musty building, but it was a building that we just packed out. It was a wonderful, wonderful time there. And as a result, so we had some people come from Rockford to that church, and so we, resta- we responded with a, a Bible study um, up in, uh, in uh, Rockford. And on July 2nd, 1998... We began in that home right there, a Bible study in Rockford, with a hope that the Lord would establish a church in Rockford. We met there in that basement, is uh, where we met, and uh, then we had also then fellowship afterwards. Who recognized anyone here? Huh? Wendy Iverson. Was she Wendy Iverson this time? She may have been Wendy Lamb over here on the right. And Tim's parents are there. Tim's father has passed away since then. And Tim's mother is there as well. Um, here, who do you see here? And the Miltons aren't here today. I was going to surprise you. That was Juanita in those early days uh, with Carol Pearson. We met at the Pearson's house, and she had passed away of breast cancer maybe 15 years ago or so. It was very, very difficult. Um, but we met there for two years, actually, and just like uh, we met like three times a month. We just met in that, in that basement there. And uh, then we, we began renting out a church building on Sunday evenings. It was called Valley Baptist Church on Perryville Road. It's now called the Total Faith Community Church. And uh, this started on July 2nd, 2000. So exactly two years later, we began meeting there. And to give you some context, there was SR in those days. Um, who knew that he would be a future snowboarder, skateboarder, wakeboarder, whatever. But that was him. And here's a picture from our very first worship service. We had a bunch of people come up from Kishwaukee Bible Church, and, and there I am playing my guitar because we didn't have Ryan back then or Andy or nobody to do that. So I was playing the guitar, and Yvonne was playing her clarinet. It was a, it was a, it was a great time. Here was our church, first church photo that we ever took. This is in October of 2000, and um, you can see the, the Miltons are there and the Iversons are there. Um, there are other people maybe you recognize, maybe you don't. And I uh, just added this one in here. We were doing children's notes back then as well. It's been something that we have uh, just always done. And who, who do you recognize here, kids? Anybody? You recognize me? I had glasses back then. I didn't wear contacts back then. <coughs> Carissa, right there, right in the middle. There she is. Going over. Oh, can everyone say aw? Oh, it's so good to have you this morning, Krista. Uh, by the way, she's taking uh, pictures. We're hopefully launching a new website this week, so you can kind of be looking for that. She's taking some, some pictures for that, and just appropriate now that the auditorium has been finished and completed. Uh, well, anyway, that we, we were doing that. Our family, we moved to Rockford in 2001, in July of 2001, and uh, we began renting Rockford Christian High School, and uh, we... We met there for some time, and this was our very first worship service at uh, Rockford Christian High School. We had like 40 people there, um, is what we had. And you see some people here? Who do you see? Miss Garden, right? You were there. Welcome. You had a mustache back then. You see someone else? I'm not sure how the picture quality is good. Yvonne, who else is there? Wendy Iverson's pregnant way over there. And Who? And with Drew, with Drew, pregnant with Drew. 
So it kind of gives you some perspective of, of where things are. We rented that, that place there for eight years until we purchased uh, the building here in Loves Park, and uh, here we are today. And I just realized in putting this together, I've not got pictures to you, like somehow it's messed up, and so I will get some pictures to you probably this week. Uh, but that's our history at uh, Rock Valley Bible Church. God has done some great things by His grace as we went with just a few people, and He has uh, just done many things, given us um, a building now for us to worship in, um, provide people, lots of ways you've served one another, loved one another, grown closer to the Lord together, and I'm thankful to God for that. I want to press on now with our, our vision. It's really a purpose for existing, and if, if I just ask you a question, right, Rock Valley Bible Church exists, why does it exist? It exists to enjoy His grace and to stand His glory. Okay, let me try that again. Rock Valley Bible Church exists to enjoy His grace and to extend His glory, right? There it is. We've worked hard to promote this real simple phrase. It's written right on the wall outside of our auditorium here, enjoying His grace, extending His glory. It's on our bulletins every week. It's front and center on our website. It's on the the weekly word. Um, We have pens that say enjoying His grace, extending His glory. We have mugs that say enjoying His grace, extending His glory. I've been working hard. For the past, whatever this has been, eight years or so, we've done that. Just we're, we're enjoying God's grace. We're looking to extend His glory. The first part addresses our vertical relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with God is fundamentally an issue, a relationship of grace. That God has given to us everything we have. Everything. Life, breath, all things. And then as we deal with our horizontal relationships with others, that's what we seek to do. We, we seek to, to extend God's glory. To, to speak of his name. And um, really, just as, as you think about those two things, right? Experiencing grace from God and extending the glory of God. Think about the Gerasene demoniac in Mark chapter 5. He was full of a legion of demons. Jesus cast them out into the pigs, and he was this crazy man. And then he was made well, and uh, he was sane, sitting there listening to Jesus. And the people were afraid. They said, Jesus, you get out of here. And the garrison demoniac wanted to follow. But Jesus said this, you go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And really, that's, that's what enjoying his grace, extending his glory is all about, right? To, to tell how much God has done for us, how he's had mercy on us, right? Speaking to Send that out and to tell others of that. And really, it's my aim for every member of Rock Valley Bible Church to know that clearly. So if you're at work sometime and someone asks you about church, you say, what? Rock Valley Bible Church. Is that where you go? Say, yeah, well, what's it about? <clears throat> well, we exist to enjoy His grace and extend His glory. And just, you know, some of these, these words here have been chosen carefully and specifically. I think about enjoying His grace the word joy is in that. If anything I want from Rock Valley Bible Church is a flavor of Christianity that's happy and joyful. Because frumpy Christians, right, that worship and serve God out of duty and not delight is really dishonoring to the Lord. Because it's like God is our slave master and we're just kind of being forced to serve Him. That's not it at all. But when God saves you by His grace, right, you'll come to Him with love and joy. And it's not, it's Sunday I have to go to church Rather, it's, it's Sunday, I get to go to church. 
right? I mean, there's a, the perspective and just using, right? It, it's not, oh, I have to read my Bible. It's, no, God has given me his Bible to read. I get to read his Bible. And look at all the resources we have. See, God isn't interested in disinterested people who obey him just because they need to obey him. Rather, he wants joyful worshipers. Psalm 100 that we sang Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with joyful singing. Psalm 95 verse 1. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. That's really the mission at Rock Valley Bible Church. Our our vision, right, is to to have a joyful Christianity. Not not a fake joy, not a glib joy, but a genuine, genuine deep joy. Knowing that it's God's grace that saved us. He saved us through faith and not our own doing, but it's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one can boast. I mean, God's grace to us is like Christmas. And what child doesn't rejoice in the gifts that he's received on Christmas Day? But it doesn't stop there, right? This salvation for us to enjoy isn't just for ourselves. It's rather to extend and, and to proclaim to others. And you see that many times in the Bible. Like God is gracious to people, and so they turn around, and then they speak out, forth of his glory, like, like the leper that Jesus healed. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus told him to go show himself to the priest and to say nothing to anyone. And you know what that leper did? He'd been healed of his leprosy. Jesus said, you go to the priest, but say nothing. What did he do? He blabbed all about. Mark one forty five, And he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news. So that Jesus could no longer openly enter the town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. Even there's, a, there's another instance, Mark chapter 7, of a deaf mute man whose ears were opened and his eyes were opened. His tongue was released. And, and Jesus charged him to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And what happened, right? They they'd experienced the grace of God and they could not help to do anything but to extend his glory. And to speak it out. And should Jesus tell us not to extend the glory of God, we, we ought to, like, like, there's no way that we could do that. Uh, a, a little bit like, you know, kids, sometimes they have a laughing contest. They try to make each other laugh. And there's something really funny. And the kids are like, <coughs> trying to hold it in. Eventually, it's going to burst out. And if you genuinely know the grace of God, it will burst out. And so you will extend his glories to other people as well by speaking to them. So our history, our vision, our values, um, our core beliefs, these are the things that in some ways distinguish us from other churches in the area. <coughs> Lots of good churches in the area, but these are, are, are unique to us. And these are, these are really churches that we seek to fellowship with. And even as I think about it, as a pastor of a church, what other pastors do I want to befriend um, because there are hundreds of other religious folk in town. I want to I befriend people who hold our values. And the first one is believing in the power of the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's Word does that. And God's Word is powerful. As you just put it out there, First Peter one twenty five says God's word remains forever. Psalm one nineteen one hundred five says the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's it's powerful to show the way. It's powerful to convict me of the sin. In fact, it is so powerful that it is capable of training pastors 
All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped, complete and equipped for every good work. You want to train pastors, right? You want to train people? Train them in the Bible because the Bible is sufficient for that. The Bible is sufficient for our life because it's the power of the Word of God. That, that's why we, it's our pattern is we preach expositionally through books of the Bible. Now, we took a break for Christmas and we're taking a break here, but we're going to pick up Proverbs soon and we're just going to continue to just open up the book of Proverbs. And probably in the fall, we're going to start the book of Acts. Uh, that's why I've been reading through the book of Acts. That might be in our minds. It's just, just preaching through verse by verse. We don't have to chase down every topic pertaining to our Christian lives, packing together, packaging together what we think is best for how people live. We just speak the word of God and it does its work in people. Now we believe in the, the power of the, the word of God. We believe in the power of God. And fundamentally, this is why we believe in the power of the word of God because we serve a powerful God who backs up his word. Amen? Amen. And he, when he decrees, it happens. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. There's nothing that's too difficult for him. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. God rules the world as he created it with the power of his speech. He rules over all objects of creation, right? Bringing storms, bringing hail, bringing the judgments, right? He, he can stir, he can take, he can open crevices and swallow people alive. It's because he controls the earth. He controls the animals, summoning the animals to the ark, right? Just uh, making a donkey speak. He rules over the spiritual beings. Satan is his lackey, right? Satan is, is under the rule of God and God rules over human beings. He gives us life. Acts 17, verse 26, he determines when and where we live. Don't think it's any accident that you are living in Love's Park or Rockford or Winnebago or Rockton or wherever you're living. Acts 17, 26 says God determines where and when we live. He directs our steps. He raises up leaders. He pulls down leaders. He buries every king. And God rules over the souls of men. And this perhaps is where you know, we, we are bold about believing in the power of God, particularly in our salvation. He's the one that's chosen us from the foundation of the world. He's the one, as 1 Peter 1, verse 3 says, He causes us to be born again. Right? He gets in our hearts and He causes us to be born again. He grants us repentance, Acts 11, verse 18. 2 Peter two twenty five. He's the one that gives faith, Ephesians 2. says your salvation, your faith, your grace, it's a gift of God. He's the one that changes us from being dead to alive. He's the one that opens our eyes from being blind to see the spiritual realities of Jesus Christ and the light of the gospel, the glory of God in his face. It's a spirit that blows. We don't know where, but he blows into our hearts, gives us new life, and we can take as much credit for our spiritual birth as we can for our natural birth. John 3, 3, John 3, verse 8. It's all of grace. It's all of God, the power of God in our lives. Thirdly, we believe in the power of the gospel. And this is where we will fundamentally, tirelessly be Christocentric in all that we do. We'll focus on the gospel. We'll sing about the gospel. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You, you can't get much clearer than Romans 1.16. There's power in the gospel. It's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest news that that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to many after his death giving much proof of who he was that he indeed rose from the dead. And there's power in that message. 
I mean, we understand power in a, in a strong man's message because you're going to force you into submission. But this is, this is the humble man's message that, that speaks of this great and gracious God. You believe in Him and your life will be transformed. This simple message about Christ dying for our sins according to Scripture and, and, and the resulting change that will come when you believe in Him turns drunkards into respectful citizens. Turns homosexuals into straight men and women. It, it, it turns idolaters into God worshipers. It, it, it turns demon-possessed demon people into spirit-controlled men. It's turned the worst of sinners into the greatest of saints. The Apostle Paul is a great example of that. He called himself the foremost of all sinners, First uh, Timothy chapter 1. And yet, as foremost as he was, he considered himself, he was a persecutor of the church of God. <laughs> Perhaps he was the best Christian that ever lived, if you can have, if, even if that's a term. Jesus excluded, right? Think of Augustine, think of John Newton. And I just say to you this morning, if, if this morning finds you entrapped in any sin, the message of Christ crucified is sufficient to give you strength to overcome sin because the gospel is powerful. We believe in the power of the word of God. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of the gospel. And these are guys, pastorally, I want to associate with, and these are people of our, our church, what we, what we value. Well, let's consider here this morning our mission. I want to get really practical I mean, it's how our vision and values work themselves out. Right? Our vision is to enjoy His grace and extend His glory. We value the power of God, His Word, and the Gospel. And this is how it works, right? We, we gather together to be strengthened and equipped by trusting His Word and the Gospel that, that we might then scatter to reach a world that's lost and in need of salvation. Right? So, so we gather to enjoy His grace and we scatter to extend His glory and we gather, right, we focus our attention on the same things that the early church focused their attention upon, right? When the, the early church was established, there were four marks, four characteristics of the early church. I want you to open there. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2, rather. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And we see here four core activities of the church. And these are really four core activities of, of things that we are doing right now at Rock Valley Bible Church. Certainly there are ways we're not doing that, but this is what it means to fundamentally, I believe, be a church member. And we think about defining a church member and what a church member should be. Acts 2.42 is going to form the, the template of what we're calling you to. Four activities, apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. The early church devoted themselves to these things. If you look here, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. That is, they gave strong attention to these activities. Right? And, and I think that these activities are really normative for us as well, that we ought to give strong attention to them. And, and rather, we could simply go through each of these activities, right? The apostles' teaching. We go through fellowship, what that looked like in the early church. We go through breaking of bread, what that might be. We go through prayers, what, what that might be. What, what I'd rather do is just, just, just give you a picture of what Rock Valley Bible Church is, the activities we're involved in, the, the things that we're doing, and just to show you how they, they match up right here. And they are very intentional, by the way. This isn't just accidental, we said we meet together at 9 o'clock every morning to pray. We meet together to pray. 
as a church. It's a one time we pray. You know, we pray other times, right? We pray in small groups. We pray as families. Hopefully, you're doing your homes and family worship. But we as a church, we pray. Uh, I've had lots of pressure over the years to say, well, it's 9 o'clock. Let's do Sunday school. And I always say this. Do we need more Sunday school or do we need more prayer? Do we need more knowledge about the Bible or do we need more prayer and devotion to God? I, I think it's clearly we need to pray together. And during that time, we plead for God's guidance, his strength and wisdom in the church. We intercede for others, the throne of grace. We share our trials with one another. And we di- visibly demonstrate that our church is dependent upon the Lord for everything. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord builds the church, they, they labor in vain who try to build the church. And how is the best way to show that God is the one building the church? It's by praying. We inform those who come with needs for prayer. We, we train those who come to pray. We express our love for one another, praying for one another. We, we learn more about God. We submit ourselves to God's will. We pray. So this is one of the things that we, we submit ourselves to um, with Acts 2.42. Uh, furthermore, we experience teaching on Sunday morning worship service, 10 o'clock in our auditorium, right? Just what I'm, I'm doing now. But it's a whole worship service is really designed to, to really teach. Yes, there's praise and there's worship to God and that happens. But oftentimes, you know, that when we sing, we're singing the doctrine into our hearts is what often happens. Think about how much you've memorized in all the songs of praise that you've given to God. That we could just start hymns and you would say them. We could start choruses and you could finish them because it's a teaching time where the, the teaching has come into the heart. And, and the corporate worship allows us to publicly... Remind ourselves and remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It allows a public forum for the reading of Scripture to take place. It allows us an opportunity to instruct the church in godliness and to equip the members of the church for works of service. To bring unity to the church where where the one time in a week we are all gathered together here as a church body. To give opportunities for service. Ways that you can just serve even in a tangible way with others. To obey God's counsel, to gather together, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. God commands us to gather together so as to think and stimulate others to love and good deeds. And our Sunday mornings help that in the teaching times. To mobilize Philippians 1, 5, a group of people who will work to promote God's glory as we share in the gospel, as we share in a mission, a partnership with others in the gospel. I mean, that, that all takes place, our Sunday morning service, and I think it's all under the umbrella of the apostles' teaching. And I think that's right there. Yeah, Acts 2.42. <clears throat> so we pray, 9 o'clock. We whatever, have apostles' teaching at 10 o'clock. And 11.30, this is by design, we have fellowship time. Namely, the hour after the service. We normally begin about 11.30 or so, where we have snacks to, to foster this time so you can connect with other people, encourage one another by talking together, by praying together. It is not unseen or uncommon to have people praying together during that time, particularly people with struggles. I've seen that before. We want to stimulate one another to love and good deeds as we, as we know other people and see how to match needs with those who can meet the needs. As perhaps we, we meet other people during the time of fellowship. We strengthen relationships together. That's a designed time. Don't just think it just happens at Rock Valley Bible Church that people hang around for a while. It's with design and with Acts 2.42 really in mind. We need to commit each other to, to fellowship. Now, fellowship just means sharing. There's lots of different ways you can share, but that's a way when we gather that one time, we can gather together to do that. As a church also, we have opportunities to break bread together. 
Now, it's difficult to know whether that's formal communion what that's talking about or whether that's just informal eating together, whether that's snacks or, or whatever. But, you know, we, we take seriously this time. We have on our schedule every uh, month to have monthly fellowship dinners. We can eat together. That's by design and really would encourage you, if you're going to break bread together, I would encourage you to come to the fellowship dinners. Otherwise, you're saying, oh, I don't need to eat with people. I'm okay. You're going to eat anyway. Why not just take some time and enjoy the, the good food? Um, in fact, we're going to have that in March again. We're going to do that. And we do, whether it's this is the Lord's Supper, we do have the Lord's Supper every four to six weeks. We celebrate that, thinking about the, the Lord's death until he comes. And these fellowship dinners. Also beyond that, we encourage you to have other families for dinner at your house. Right? Have them over. Do life together because eating together, there's, there's this place that it, it forms a bond with other people um, to do that with. Just encouraging that in those ways. And small groups, of course, there's, there's food there just to extend that time. And, and in these ways, we are committed to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking the bread, and prayer. And that is what like normal church life is about. I think these are good categories of what it means to be a, a church member and uh, these activities that we do are very intentional. Our teaching on Sunday mornings, right, to teach and unite us in a common faith and practice. Our fellowship after service on Sunday gives opportunities to love and encourage one another. Our eating together gives opportunities to form bonds with each other. Praying together shows visibly that we're dependent upon the Lord to solve the burdens that come upon our lives. But it's not only Sunday mornings that this happens. It happens throughout the week. We've got Bible studies. We meet informally. We seek to promote community um, where we're dependent upon the Lord together to the glory of God. That's kind of gathering. And then scattering, right? We, we, we enjoy His grace, and we also then extend His glory. And a lot of the extending His glory comes out of the teaching, it's out of the vision of the church as we seek to, to do ways. There's organized attempts to do this, whether it's a pregnancy care center or the Rockford Rescue Mission or the jail outreach that many some of you are involved with. with. I mean, you can involve yourself by just helping with the pregnancy care center and putting change in the coin bottles. Uh, you, there's opportunities there to get more and more involved. Uh, Rockford Rescue Mission, whether that's Troy, um, or with Carol Lundberg um, is there, wherever Carol is. She's in the nursery right now. She's working down there. If you're interested in finding out how you can volunteer, there's opportunities there locally. Kids Club, we're, we're always in need of Kids Club. God gives us, you know, whatever, four, four kids, five kids or so, twice a week just deeply discipling these kids, but maybe if we had more parental help, maybe more would come. I don't know. Um, there's other things that, that we do just locally, uh, other opportunities that are just really, really there for the taking. Lots of people in ministry. And we want to strengthen you here so that you can do that there. <clears throat> and, and furthermore, right, even think about global missions. It's more difficult to go on the mission field, though some of us have gone. Um, but we do financially support outreach, whether it's First Love, International, it's missions to Nepal and India, focusing upon the orphans and widows, giving strength and credibility to the church, and amazing things. Right? How many of you read Bob Clinton's email last week? And it was referenced in prayer meeting. That was like super encouraging, right? This big earthquake happened. I plan to put it in the weekly word next week, so you'll, you'll get it. I just encourage you to read it. This earthquake happened, and Bob had been there for long enough that he's whatever, was mobilized. He mobilized a lot of his guys. They went and they serviced this community where there was one old woman who was a Christian in that community beforehand. And now they've built a church building and have a church, I'm not sure what it said, 30, 40 people or something like that are gathering on Saturdays is when they worship there in Nepal. And, and we've, we've been a part of that as we have helped Bob do what he can do. He's going to be here this summer preaching. Um, just encourage you to come. 
super encouraged with that. We also support Farms International, reaching out with microloans to Christians in poor nations. You can talk to Gary Weeby about that. You can talk to Gary Lundberg about that. They're both on the board. Um, Scott, um, Scott, I forget his last name. Clifton is going to be here uh, mid-March to speak about farms uh, as well, just trying to put that in our forefront about how that's doing good that really is good, helping people in poverty get up so they can, they can grow and so that they can support themselves and support the local church. It's a great ministry that we have done financially. <clears throat> and we give First Love about $5,000 a year out of our missions budget. We give farms about $5,000. We give leadership resources about $5,000 just to help equip needy pastors overseas. And I've been over there to see that training and how valuable it is. Darren's been over. He went on a trip there, and it's something that's very, very strategic. And uh, hopefully we'll have some leadership resource guys come and speak with us this summer as well. Um, I'm going to make some contacts this week to them to try to try to get them there. But but there are ways that we, we scatter formally with ministries or internationally with ministries, but also informally. There's lots of ways <clears throat> which we should gather. It's nor- neighbors or coworkers or friends, right, with smiles and handshakes and small talk, and then it gets into church talk, and then it gets into spiritual talk, and then hopefully it gets into gospel talk as you seek to serve them in one way or another. And and. And just be involved in people's lives so that you have contacts out there, right? We want to strengthen you here so that you can scatter there, whether that's youth activity with your kids or, or reading clubs or pool leagues or bowling leagues or quilting guilds or musical groups. I mean, the opportunity is endless. Just find out what you want to do and do that with unsafe people and be a light in dark places to them. Just make an effort to discern what you can do and then make an effort to do that. And our church-centered activities are really are designed to encourage you and support you in seeking to extend God's glory to the nations. Well, there's our history and our vision, our values, our mission, and finally, our membership. It's where we've been really headed the past four weeks. It's really we're kind of just talking about membership and, and what it has been as so we think about it in history or we think about it in the Bible or in practice and not Rock Valley Bible Church. And at, at church, we've just been informal. You just kind of stay around. You become members. With formal membership, we just want to formalize our relationship. And it's really your opportunity basically to say this, that, that I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Jesus, and I know as a member of the universal church, I need to be involved in a local church. And Rock Valley Bible Church should be the local place where I'm going to say, this is where I am. I'm committed here to serve these people, to practice the one another's here among us, and to be shepherded by the, the leaders here at this church. And uh, so what I, what I want you to do, what we have here is we just have a, a one-page form, trying to make it super easy for you. Just want, I'll read the form for you, and we'll distribute these today. I'll give you some more instruction about this. But it's, it's entitled, Expression of Commitment to the local, Valley, uh, local Assembly of Rock Valley Bible Church. That's really, that's what it is. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to formally make a commitment. Here's where I am. Now, many of you have made that commitment already, but you just haven't formally done so. Okay? So this is really... Trying to do what, what church is about. It says, it's a believer in Jesus Christ, I, comma, and this is my application here. So, I, comma, Steve Brandon, confess that I'm a sinner, and my only hope for forgiveness is trusting Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I acknowledge that my desire is to love and obey him because of what he's accomplished for me on the cross. As a member of the universal church, that is all true Christians, I understand my responsibility to associate with a local church. And that is a responsibility to associate with a local church. And you all have, and you've associated with us, where I can gather for encouragement and can serve with my gifts. 
I sign this document to formally express my commitment to the local assembly of Rock Valley Bible Church. I love the head of the church, Jesus Christ, and devote myself to serve the body of the church, God's people. And then Acts 2.42 is, is mentioned, is written down. They were continually devoting themselves, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. And, and here's just the things. I desire, that this is a heart's desire, to continually devote myself to the following, the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayer. And it's got some things under there that you can look at and read, and uh, then you sign it. And there's a place here. We, the undersigned elders of Rock Valley Bible Church, make the following commitments. We'll care for the above member as one purchased by the blood of Jesus from Acts 20, 28. We will shepherd him or her willingly, sacrificially, lovingly, with humility, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. We'll remember that we will give account to the Lord for how we have shepherded him or her. And that's just our heart to just kind of formalize what you might expect from us, what we might expect from you, and what we might expect from you is Acts 2, 42. Just being with one another, like, like you're doing. And, and we hope then that we make commitments to care for you like, like we're doing. We're just trying to define a relationship. Sometimes people put church membership like a, a marriage. I would say this isn't a marriage, okay? Because a marriage is something unbroke, unbreakable. Like you, you can't, if you, if you break that, like you've broken some marital vow, there are reasons why people should leave a church, could leave a church, can leave a church. And we're not going to hold this document to you as any way different than in the past. If there's, there's something here that just doesn't work quite right for you, a better place for you, a better place for your kids, a better place where you can grow and prosper, certainly that's okay. But this is going to help us to know, okay, so where are you and how can we transition you to someone else? And I have conversations often about people, well, often, well, when people leave, just about you know, going, okay, well, we're not going to attend here anymore. Okay, and so that's okay. This isn't something you cannot break. It's just something that uh, helps us to know that while, while you're here, we're committed to serve and care for you. And, and then on the back, right, it's an account of how God saved me. And uh, this is an opportunity for you simply to write out your testimony. I, I think one of the things I'm excited about this also is that some of you may not even understand your testimony. But when you speak with other people about extending his glory, how do you do that? But you share them with them your testimony. And so I wrote my testimony out. I just want to read for you what I wrote. Yours could be a lot shorter. Um, here's what it says. It says, while growing up, I never knew a time when our family didn't attend church. It was consistently on Sunday mornings. Uh, additionally, our family was quite involved in church. I always enjoyed going, but unfortunately, the churches we attended paid minimal attention to the Bible. As a result, the Bible was rarely taught in Sunday schools or in Sunday services, yet the Lord was faithful to protect me during this time as I enjoyed listening to Christian music and Christian radio. After graduating from high school, I went to Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois, where I was involved in a small fellowship of Christian athletes group on campus. In fact, I was president of the group, yet I still had little knowledge of the Bible or understanding of biblical ministry. The summer before my senior year in college, I began attending Grace Church of DuPage and was overwhelmed with the clarity of the verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible. Everyone brought their Bibles to church because they would be taught from it. On one particular occasion, I remember a pastor preaching from Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23, in which Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus said that there will be many people who seek to enter heaven, having done many miracles in the name of Jesus, quote unquote, 
Yet they'll be denied entrance into the kingdom because Jesus never knew them. And this was new teaching for me. It awakened me to the need of pursuing a true knowledge and love for Jesus Christ. And, and God's used this man's preaching to stir me to seek the Lord with all my heart according to the truth of the Bible. And I discovered the glories of the gospel of grace. That my hope before God isn't my church attendance or morality. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me but rather my faith in Jesus Christ who died for my sins. I found a love for God and his word that I'd never experienced before. This is why I pursued seminary training in the ministry. I'm grateful to God for his work in my life and all glory goes to him. So just write out something like that. It'd be very helpful for you just to be able to articulate that. And this is really what it means to be part of a church, early church, right? People converted and brought into the fellowship of the church. We just want to go over with you a testimony of salvation, just to see where you are. Hope, make sure you're clear on the gospel and uh, come in. Um, and then just a place where, where you desire to serve the church, you know, maybe where you are serving the church, or maybe say, you know what, maybe, I, maybe I'm not doing Acts 2.42, but I really want to, and maybe here's some places to, to do that. And that can be either formal ministry here at church, it could be informal, whatever you, you seek and want to do, how you want to help. And then just some questions about baptism. I just want to work with you and process with you about your baptism. And I know from this, there's even someone who says, oh, I need to be baptized. So we'll be having a baptism service here sometime when this, when this process is, is getting through and doing that. And so here, here's what I ask you to do. I'd ask each of you after, after church, we'll put these, these papers there in the back. Uh, just take it home and pray over it. Uh, work, work on it on your own. Just say, is Acts 2.42 uh, representative of, of what I am? And I trust it's many of you. I mean, my hope, it's, it's all of you. Um, is that something that you will devote yourself to? And, and then just think through these, these things and read the, read the different things that we have under here. The apostles' teaching, right? Do you say, I'm going to submit to that. I'm going to come, right, and be involved on Sunday mornings and learn what I have to learn. Or fellowship. Or regularly serving the, t- the, the church, my time, talents, and, and treasures. Upholding unity of the church and supporting the doctrine of Rock Valley Bible Church. I'm not sure, how many of you ever read the doctrinal statement? Okay, good part of you. We mentioned in our annual meeting how we're just looking to try to tweak that a little bit so as to align it with what we have taught for 20 years. It's not been changed at all for 20 years. There are some typos in that document. We just changed a, a few things in that. I just encourage you to look and uh, actually read that. might be good if you're going to commit yourself to, but it's a little bit like one of those user uh, whatever, those use, end user agreements, got a lot of stuff. And what we've taught, we're, we're not changing anything, we're just continuing to taught. The updates there were just to, just to line it up with more that we've taught. And there's even more things that could be tweaked. But, but I never look to the doctrinal statement and say, what is it we should teach? It's merely a, a document that's representative of what it is that we do teach. So, so look at that, breaking of bread. I really pray through that, whether, whether that's something that you want to do, whether you want to share meals together and be hospitable with others in church and celebrate the Lord's Supper and and just examine your life regularly just with other people or, or prayer where you pray with the church and pray for the church. That's what we're asking you to do. And, and that, that could take whatever form it is. I mean, I'd encourage you to come at 9 o'clock. That's when our church prays together. It's not a requirement. If you just say, you know what, I'm just going to pray for the church. And individually, maybe at small groups, I'll pray for with the people of the church. How, or Sunday mornings, right, when someone's praying up here, you're just committed, yes, I'm praying with the church. Whatever that means, we just need to be committed to to prayer. Now, over the next several months then, um, what we're going to ask you to do is meet with an elder, just kind of going over this document together, um, 
talking through any concerns you have uh, about this. Um, it's really to help. I mean, the reason we have a forum is to try to help define our relationship and make formal what was informal before. I, I don't think anything on here is any different than what we've done, other than the fact that it's written down just to say, okay, who's, who's in the church? Who wants to be shepherded by the elders? Who wants to be really involved and engaged in the church um, or not? And so my hope is that every single one of you would like to do that, um, that you all would become formal members of Rock Valley Bible Church. It's my aim and my hope as we move forward in these things. So let's pray. Father, I just ask you for your grace as I seek to be a, a faithful pastor of these people. And um, just seeing and understanding and believing that it's just helpful to have our relationships defined, what they might expect from me, what I can expect from them. And, and God, everything that I desire is a church that really is not centered on me, not centered on the elders, but is really focused and centered upon you, the chief shepherd of, uh, of all of us, and really actively involved and engaged in um, serving and loving and helping one another. Um, so God, I pray that you would be among us. I, I pray that you would direct our hearts in unity and love and grace in these matters. Um, God, for your glory as we think about Rock Valley Bible Church, thank you for what you have done, even reflecting uh, this morning on the way to church with Yvonne about just where we've come from and what things used to be like with a, a dozen people in a basement and uh, a handful of kids and just how you've been faithful then over the years to, uh, to bring us this place and, and even bring us to this nice, completed auditorium now, uh, complete with a backlit cross. And uh, so, Father, would pray that in every way we might just progress forward. God, help us to be encouraged here greatly that then you would use us to reach out, uh, to reach out to others, right, to plant other churches, to, to see your glory extended to the nations. God, in any way that you see fit, God, use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.